Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the Horsham Church of Christ. For more information, please visit our website at www.horsham.org.au. Excellent. Do you have your Bibles open? Did you bring a Bible? If you, don't have a, if, you don't, if you don't have a Bible, there's Bibles behind um, the tech desk. You can take that, you can keep that. If you don't have one at all, just you can take it, you can keep it. Um, bring your Bibles to church, people. Matthew 5, uh, bup, bup, verse 13. Um, Jesus is preaching what we call now the Sermon on the Mount. If you've been in church for any length of time, you probably are aware of this um, message. Considered one of the greatest speeches of all time. You are the salt of the earth, Jesus says to the disciples and the crowd gathered around him. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Um, I love how the Lord is at work. I don't know necessarily if Gary looked at the theme for today um, to talk about social media and, and influencing, but that's some of what we're going to look at today as we talk about created for influence. And so, Father, we just dedicate this time to you that you would be at work in our hearts and our minds, that you would speak to me and through me, um, to all the people gathered here, to all the people listening, that we would hear your truth proclaimed today. We live in a very uh, quickly changing landscape for who we influence, who we're influenced by, and how we are influenced. As Gary mentioned, people buy social media followers which is crazy to think, but it does happen. Can I just get a show of hands? How many of us are on Facebook? Half, all right. Instagram. Less, less on Instagram. Snapchat. A few more on Snapchat. How many have no idea what I'm talking about right now? (laughs) All right, there's an age bracket right there. Uh, Twitter? Man, if you want to get angry fast, get on Twitter for five minutes. That will stir you up, won't it? That, you'll want to punch somebody or something real fast. Um, TikTok, thank you. On yours, missing one. Who's on TikTok? Very few of us. All right, my advice to you? Good, stay that way. Don't waste your time. You, if you want to waste an hour of your day real fast, get on TikTok. It's true, isn't it? The clips are only like one to three minutes long, but you can waste a very long time. But, well, that was, that was a fascinating kind of survey. But the, the challenge we have in church, in the church, in church communications today, communication is super hard already. In church world, in church leadership circles, there is so much push and drive to be on social media because they talk about um, being where the people are, and the people are on social media, en masse. But it is a very complex landscape 
to exist in and to share in in an effective manner. So I have a love-hate relationship with social media. I can see how it can be used for good and I can see how it is a massive waste of time. Facebook, next year, Facebook celebrates 20 years in existence. Instagram's been around since 2010. Facebook, Instagram, um, WhatsApp are all owned by now called Meta, which used to be called Facebook. Um, and so some of you will have no idea what I'm talking about. I am sorry. You, I hope this will, still, this will still ring true for you. It will. It will in a minute. Um, some of you do have a very good idea what we're talking about. But one of the things that we're aware of, I don't know, this is kind of stuff that floats my boat in just in terms of culture and communication um, and marketing um, is how we actually do that well. And so we have a Facebook page, we have YouTube, you can go to those anytime. We talk about Instagram, we're looking at that, how we communicate, we actually, we're talking about staff on Monday. We have 12 different streams, 12 different methodologies of communication with you as a church family. 12. And that includes church life, that includes pre and post service slides, kind of just thinking out loud here, that includes... Um, the MailChimp newsletter that comes out every Friday, that includes the printed newsletter, that includes social media. So 10, 20 years ago, this wasn't even a conversation. And now as a church, we actually need to be thinking about how we do this effectively because not only do we need to communicate with everybody in the house, but in order to reach the masses, so to speak, all the experts are saying you need to be on social media. And so that's the, that's the line that we kind of walk and that's what we're trying to address um, and, to give it, and to make sure it's a tool and not the focus, which is a great way to think of social media in our lives. Um, I've been to a few year six graduation services in my time and one of my favourite parts of it, we, we've hosted a couple in this building, which is a great privilege. And one of um, the things that I love is when they, uh, the year sixes file up one by one and it's a particular primary school that does it and they'll play back an audio, pre-recorded audio of this, each child um, saying in something like, in 10 years' time, I will be. And so they'll be, it'll be where they're living and what they're doing. So it'll be in 10 years' time, I'll be still living at home, living off my mum's cooking. Or in 10 years' time, I'll be living in um, Melbourne, tra training to be a fire, fire person, fire officer. More and more... I hear, ten, in 10 years' time, I am going to be an influencer or I'm going to be a YouTuber or I'm going to be a gamer. These are things that didn't exist when I was at school. In 10 years' time, when I was at school, in 10 years' time, I am going to be not at school anymore. That was my goal. I don't want to be here in 10 years' time. I don't want to be here tomorrow. That was it. That was 10 years' time. But what really did it for me, though, was... What year are you in? Year 10? Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. This was quite a few years ago, and my second-born Olivia, uh, when she had her graduation service, and we're sitting there, and she's walking up, and we're proud parents. Do you remember this? And she gets up, and they play back the audio. audio. In 10 years' time, I'll be living in Adelaide. We've got an argument about whether or not she said working in a cafe, and starting to be a psychologist. I'm like, oh, well, that's, that's admirable. admirable. Um, that's great, except Narelle and I looked at each other and we were like, we have never heard this before in our lives. <laughs> and so later that day, I said to Olivia, babe, psychologist, like, where has this come from? 
Like, oh, and they, we, had, we had five minutes to come up with something, and that's all I came up with. <laughs> Kids say the darndest thing. I loved it. I was like, it's such a high bar, but such a low entry point. That was great. That was great. So psychologists, feel free. And you can keep me and your mum in the ways to which we've grown accustomed. But more and more, I'm actually wanting to be some kind of social media influencer. Now, if I use the word influencer in relation to social media, hands up if you know what I'm talking about. Okay, hands up if you have still no, have no clue what I'm talking about in terms of influencer. Okay, all right, so you do have some idea. More and more marketing marketing dollars are being spent on social media influence, influencers. It is now, I reckon they're underestimating this, it is now a $14 billion global industry. Not as marketing, as a section of marketing, is investing in people, people next door, people like you and me, who have a social media presence to promote a service, an activity or a product. Now, the Oz, which is um, the Australian newspaper's Gen Z publication. Gen Z is um, anybody born 1990 to 2004, roughly, all right? They have released, um, only recently, just in time for this message, thanks so much, um, the Influence Index, which is a list of Australia's top 100 influencers. But here's what I found fascinating. Like, I knew next to nobody. One of them, I knew Matthew Hayden, former Australian cricketer. He's on the list. That's, about, that's one of the few that I knew. Rather than just measuring, like Gary mentioned about how many followers people have, rather than just measuring that as their, how much influence these people have, they use these six indicators, these six drivers to measure people's influence, trustworthiness, attraction, relatability, expertise, content prominence, and content frequency. So how much they can be trusted, how attractive they are, not just in their physical looks, but in their lifestyle, how relatable they are, how much of an expert they are in their area, how prominent their content is and how often they post. This was the measure of influence. And so I'm getting ready to share a message on being created for influence and then there's this article measuring the top 100 influences and it says here's the six indicators for how we measure that influence. And so I think about that in relation to us being the salt of the earth and the light of the world, as Jesus has not only commanded us, but empowered us to be. And then actually, could we use these as measures? Could we use these values for us as followers of Jesus? Are we trustworthy? Is our lifestyle as a follower of Jesus attractive? And you might argue, hear me out. Are we relatable? Are we experts in our area? Is the content, the content with a capital C, because the content in our case as follows Jesus is not a what, it's a who. It's Jesus. Is our content prominent? 
And are we frequent in how we share that content being Christ? Top of the list in the Oz Influence Index is Sarah Magusara. I'm sorry if I've butchered your name. I'm sure you're watching right now. Because we're totes pops. Um, She's fun, fit and glamorous Gen Z mother whose fashion and workout posts have cemented her popularity. Magusara has the most cross-platform followers of influencers analyzed. Cross-platform means that she's on multiple platforms and her followers follow her on multiple platforms. So people follow her on YouTube and Instagram and TikTok. Indicating market reach and influence. TikTok's her main platform on TikTok. This um, mother of one and a half has 17.6 million followers and a total of 1.1 billion likes. That means her material has been liked 1.1 billion times. To give you an idea, Australia has a population of what, 25, 26 million right now? And there's 17 and a half million that follow this person on socials. And then she's got less on Instagram and YouTube. Um, Instagram's been declining. Da, da, da. Sarah is the best example of someone who, is, who has engagement levels far above the size of their following. She gained 1.1 billion TikTok likes from an audience of 17.7 million, achieving 58 times more engagement than her total cross-platform audience. This is a fascinating part. The way that we are influenced today and the way that, the way that we are influenced and the way we do influence particularly younger generations, has changed. Tamar Lever, a professor of internet studies at Curtin University, said young people are, not, um, are still chasing careers that contribute to the social good. When I grew up, it was like, what do you want to be? It was a doctor, a lawyer, a police officer, a fire officer. Nobody ever said, I want to be a church pastor, which just blows my mind. But really, it doesn't because I didn't want to be a church pastor. That wasn't on my list. I've told you before, I wanted to be a police officer. Why did I want to be a police officer? Because you got McDonald's for half price as a police officer. (laughs) You talk about terrible motivations, that is a horrible motivation. And then I found out there's heaps of paperwork and being a police officer, I was like, forget that, I'm out. (laughs) Not very deep at all. Where was I? Young people are chasing careers that contribute to the social good. Because young people want to make an impact. It's not in any way harmful and it's not the end of civilization. Yeah, we can argue that. Um, it's just kids looking up to whoever they find influential and entertaining. Young people also mimic the role models that they see. When they see influencers doing social good online, then they want to do social good as well. It's the same attitude we see when someone wants to be a teacher or a firefighter. So it's not that our children growing up don't want to contribute to the social good anymore. It's just that what, who is informing them of that social good has changed. And now they don't actually need to look out. They don't need to be physically out in the world to see who is making a difference because it's all right here. And in a moment, my children, your children, your grandchildren, any one of us, if, we, if you don't have the app, in less than 60 seconds, you can download the app and you can be checking in with some of the world's most influential people. 
and after our brief show of hands earlier today, most of us in this room don't know who the most influential people are in the world. But the thing is, the thing I struggle with is that is still a limited segment of the market. That is still a, a small measure of who is influential and why they're influential. And before you get too worried about, you know, what path we're going down as a church or how much we're going to invest in social media, Jesus is still number one. Jesus is still the reason why we do what we do, why I exist, why I serve, why I'm a part of the church, why I'm part of the church leadership. It is Jesus 100%. Jesus is the ultimate reason why I do what I do, why I am who I am, above all else, above all else. And maybe we should, as a church, be checking with our social media and we've got to come up with a plan how we do that well. At the same time, we don't care about it. We just want to communicate clearly and reach as many people as possible with the good news of Jesus Christ. But Jesus Christ will always remain the focus for this house. Have I made that super clear? And that's actually how we should actually live our lives. So that people can look at us and they can go, can I actually trust you? If I know that you are a follower of Jesus, can I trust you to lead me to him? Can I trust you? Do you actually lead me to Jesus? Do you have expertise? Do I have expertise in the area of Jesus? Is Jesus prominent in my life? And actually, the content frequency, it's not, it's not necessarily how much would I speak Jesus when I'm around people, though that might be a contributing factor. It's actually, am I actually frequently, 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 often, with Jesus in the secret place that it impacts the rest of my life and the way that it might influence the people around me? Or am I so influenced by everything else that's happening in the world that I am not with the source of life itself. Because this is easy. Like, the, like, we can be on that, and maybe I'm speaking to the wrong crowd, maybe some of us don't have a struggle with it, but I want us to be aware of what's actually shaping our world, and particularly our young people today. Because it is having a big impact. In a recent survey, half of Gen Z, again born 1992, uh, 2009, I think I said 2004 before, but not, those born 1990 to 2009, half people surveyed would give up their job to become an influencer. They would leave the work that they have to be on social media because what we see on social media is we see a 30 to 3 minute clip of somebody doing something fun. Do you know for the most part what social media influencers aren't posting? How bad life can be sometimes. Who has a good day every day of the year? Bruce. <laughs> I stand corrected. I should have known. You should be on TikTok, bro. You'd have a massive following. <laughs> Your videos would be awesome. I'd follow you. <laughs> Apart from Bruce, 
Not many of us have a good day every day of the year. But you don't see that on social media. Unless it's a reality clip, which sometimes squeezes, somehow squeezes together this montage of, oh, life doesn't always go according to plan. But then it's back to the, the bright, happy, fantastic, this is how good life is. And meanwhile, all the companies behind the influencers, because there are now marketing organisations that primarily work with the influencers to buy their time and buy their space. And so people get paid thousands of dollars, thousands, tens of thousands of dollars to post a one to three minute clip. And so our young people see that and they're like, that's what I want to do. I want to post stuff on social media. Forgetting it, it's not just, well, I hold my phone and I record a video and then I put that up. There's actually hours of production and editing that goes into some of these one to three minute clips. Because for the influencers, it is their work. It is their life. Am I so influenced by King Jesus that it is overwhelmingly obvious to everybody around me that he is the main one influencing me. You and I were made to influence the world around us. Let me show it to you. Genesis chapter 1. Verse 26. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in, in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. So here we have very early in the creation story, God has made all of creation, the world as we know it. And then he makes male and female in his image. And then he gives these clear instructions. Be fruitful, increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. From the, from the base station, from the home base, which was the Garden of Eden, humankind was meant to go out into all the earth, subdue it, which meant that it needed subduing, it needed to be taken for the kingdom and to be um, transformed into more of the Garden of Eden. As mankind would spread out from the garden, God's plan was that they would actually subdue it and he would be glorified and that his image would spread across the earth. We were made to impact the world in which we live. Maybe that's not as a social media influencer. Maybe if more, some people are called to do that and do that well. And there's a lot of kingdom-minded people now making a place on social media and advancing the gospel through the way that they share on those social media platforms. But that's not for all of us. But yet we are all called to impact the world around us. And you might think, well, Jared, that was before, that was uh, the beginning, that was before the curse. I'm not sure that really applies right now. I'm glad you asked. Let's turn to Matthew 28. We would know this is the Great Commission. So Jesus has, as we've celebrated um, 
in the Lord's Supper already in this service. Jesus was um, crucified, resurrected, spent time visiting the disciples, just appearing to them in locked rooms, walking through walls, having real fun with them. And then before he goes up to heaven, he meets with them in Galilee, uh, chapter 28, verse 18. And Jesus says to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go... Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, make earth like heaven, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now, I don't know about you, but that reminds me a lot of the first command that we have from God way back in Genesis 1 in the creation story that we would actually be going through the earth and making it look like God's kingdom, no matter where we go. And how do we do that? By making disciples. I wrote it down, so I want to read it. One of the goals of the Trinity, if I can put it that way, is to empower you and me as believers, as followers of Jesus, as disciples of Christ, children of God, to transform the world around us by making disciples baptizing people and teaching them the ways of Jesus. The way that we influence the world around us is to help people belong. People belong before they believe, before they behave. And so we actually make disciples, and as, as, we, as Matthew Bolte shared last week, and as Narelle highlighted already this morning, that when we are adopted into the family of God, so I know I'm jumping around a bit, as as we're adopted into the family of God, we're not just adopted in as children, we're actually adopted in as the firstborn. And it wasn't that as the firstborn child, in those cultures where the firstborn got the inheritance, it wasn't that the firstborn got everything and everybody else in line missed out. It was that the firstborn actually took responsibility for the rest of the family. And so when I become a disciple of Jesus, when I am actually adopted into his family, as the firstborn, my responsibility isn't that I'm just living the good life, hanging out for heaven. My responsibility is that I go through the earth, through, that might be through Horsham, that might be through my family home, that might be through my workplace, that might be wherever I'm called to be a disciple of Jesus and make disciples. I become responsible and bring other people into the family of God. Does that make sense? This is the mandate that we have on our lives. And not that it would be so overwhelming that we're like, man, that's impossible. Actually, it is impossible if we don't have Jesus. But because we say yes to Jesus, because we say yes to being filled with his spirit, he's the one that actually equips, empowers, and encourages us to make disciples and to baptize people and to teach people to do what Jesus taught us to do. This is the Great Commission. This is still the mission for us as the people of God. This is the greatest influence that we can have. It might seem impossible right now, but Facebook will disappear, TikTok will disappear, Snapchat will, Snapchat will go, whatever people have posted will disappear into the ether. And in 100, 200, 1,000 years, nobody will give a rip. For the most part. Unless Bruce had a page. <laughs> if Bruce had a page, that would last, man. Do you know what will last? Do I actually influence people for the kingdom of God? 
And I don't know about you, but if you think about influencing the world, like that is overwhelming. I think about the church running social media and doing that well. That feels overwhelming, yeah? And maybe this still feels overwhelming, but what I bring it down to is how do I influence my family for the kingdom of God? When it all gets kind of all too much way out there. Because I want to make a difference. I want to have an impact. I want to be influential in the world to bring people into the kingdom of heaven, that people would encounter Jesus. When it's all too hard, I just bring it back to my family. Can I actually lead and love my wife and my kids into the presence of Jesus today? I'm not even making it that big. I'm not, I'm not super visionary. I'm not thinking next year. I'm not thinking next decade. I'm like, today. Can I actually lead and love my family so that they're actually drawn closer to the person of Jesus. Turn to 2 Timothy. I'm going to land it here. 2 Timothy chapter 1. Paul writes to his spiritual son, Timothy. Many of us would uh, know this scripture, but if you haven't heard it before, it's a great encouraging word from a spiritual father to his spiritual son, um, and it's an Uh, an encouragement that we can hold on to today. I thank God, Paul writes, whom I serve as my forefathers did with a clear conscience. As night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. Can you feel like the connection between Paul and Tim? Paul is crying out night and day for his spiritual son. And he remembers the tears of his spiritual son as they had to part ways. And we know from other texts, like Tim had a bit of a weak stomach, so Paul would write to him and say, Timbo, have a little bit of wine, mate. It will make you feel better. Paul's care was just overwhelming for his spiritual son. I'm sure he called him Timbo. Absolutely would have happened. (laughs) Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I have been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois, And in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love and of self-discipline or a spirit of power, love and a sound mind. Isn't that good news? Mm -hmm. Paul reminds Timothy Dude, the faith that you have isn't from you. It was actually passed down from your grandma to your mama to you. You have been influenced by the generations that have gone before you. And keep in mind, this is like probably, this is within the first, I don't know, 50 to 60 years after Jesus has ascended into heaven. And so Paul reminds Timothy, mate, whatever is happening for you, do not forget your faith and the people that have spoken into your life to bring you to the point where you are right now. Do not forget, Tim, that I laid my hands on you and imparted to you the gift through which you now operate. And how does Paul write it? For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Man, we can be influenced by so many things. We can be 
carried away. We can um, have so many things speaking into our lives. We actually need godly people that will spend the time, that will get up close and personal with us to lay their hands on us and impart to us the gift of the Holy Spirit. We need to be surrounded by, and maybe you are first generation Christian. No shame, no guilt, no remorse whatsoever. All praise to God that you're actually changing your legacy. You're changing your family line by being the first one in your family to say yes to Jesus. But maybe you've got, grand, you've got parents or grandparents or great-grandparents that have gone before you to actually sow the seed of faith in you that have influenced you in such a way that bring you to this point where you are today. We had this conversation, had lunch with my mum and dad a couple of weeks ago and said one of the greatest things my mum and dad gave me was faith in Jesus. If not the greatest thing. And so we don't see eye to eye on everything. We don't agree on everything. Mum wants me to live around the corner. It's not going to happen. Sorry, Mum. Because I'm here. Because we're here. Influencing Horsham. But I know what Mum and Dad have sowed into me. Because for years, years, they said our highest priority is Jesus. Our highest priority is to be a part of his community. Our highest priority is to say yes to God no matter the cost. And it's been costly. Costly. And it's all worth it. And so now I get the privilege to actually pass it on to my children. Because I don't want my children at home forever. Pardon me. I love them. They're big. They take up a lot of room. They eat a lot of food all the time. But apart from that, they're not designed, they're not made to stay in my home forever. And Norell and I, we want our time back. (laughs) Wow. Stop thinking out loud, Jared. That's not true. No, I love my kids, but they're not made to live with us for all time. We're like, it's... I'm, I'm not God, or right? I know that. But it's like our home is the Garden of Eden, and I raise them up in this safe place, which is maybe not quite paradise, but a sanctuary nonetheless. And I'm like, this is awesome. You know how to follow Jesus. I have equipped you with that much. We equip you with that much. And now, go. <laughs> and you can come back every now and then. But you go out into the world. We want them to go out in the world. We want them to have a family of their own and raise their own kids in the ways of Jesus, just as we have taught them. Listen, parents, grandparents, parents-to-be, kids, whoever, if we do not influence our children, somebody else will. There are way too many voices in this world that will tell your children, tell our children as a community what the truth is, And most of it these days is lies. There is one truth, and that is Jesus. And we need to be super intentional about getting alongside our children. Even even if they're not your kids, make sure, keep it safe, keep it real. Your grandchildren, your nieces, your nephews, your friends' kids, and encourage them in the ways of Jesus. May we be the greatest influence that we would actually shape our homes, our streets, our workplaces, our schools, 
Not by being weird and weeding people out and freaking people out, but actually by getting alone with Jesus so that when we go out, when we leave the safe place, when we leave our sanctuary, we actually go out and people would encounter Jesus because they meet with us. Amen? Amen.